Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is on the air. Never send to know for whom the bell tolls. It tolls for thee. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is a call to arms for those American patriots who, in the tradition of our founding fathers, will stand up now to defend the Constitution and the liberties that it guarantees to each citizen, to each of us. That is our mission, to explain in a clear and concise manner the direct effect of each issue on the individual, on you personally not some anonymous being in a distant place, and to define in no uncertain terms the consequences of inaction. Let the battle begin. Welcome to Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. This is Dr. Dan. Freedom Forum Radio is for you, faithful listeners, no matter who you voted for or what political party you belong to. Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum is not about politics. It's about principle. It's not about candidates. It's about conscience and the Constitution. Like the name implies, this is a program about freedom, individual freedom, your freedom, where it comes from, what it means to you, and most importantly, how to hang on to it. You're listening to part four of this interview with Jeff Lewis here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. We pick up right now where we left off last week. Uh, they put uh, things in the laws of war in America that violate the Geneva Conventions, the additional protocols, <laughs> of the international laws of war. So what they passed with between the 2006 and 2009 Military Commissions Acts and the 2012 National Defense Authorization Act, specifically sections 1021 and 1022, they are setting the stage for a police state. We are already in a de facto uh, martial law, a selective martial law scenario. Uh, you saw what they did in Boston. When you hear lockdown on the news and all the talking heads were using that term lockdown, what they were doing in Waterton, Massachusetts, when they were looking uh, for the, the second uh, you know, scenario brother, the Boston bomber. Uh, they're going door to door. They don't have warrants. They're bringing, uh, they had National Guard. And they had uh, police SWAT teams that are, are dressed so closely as the military that you can't tell the difference. Um, with weapons drawn, going door to door, searching people's homes without a warrant. Now, there's only there's only uh, two instances that you can do things like that to even sus- to suspend habeas or or to violate. Uh, you have to be in, in, in a national emergency. You have, Congress has to suspend habeas, and you can't you can't apply the laws of war against anybody. What I call the Fifth Amendment exception clause, uh, except for persons serving in the land or naval forces or in the militia when in actual service in time of war or public danger. You can't just arbitrarily suspend the Constitution and Bill of Rights because you're on a manhunt. You can't violate people's homes uh, without a warrant that specifically states who, you know, the person and the places and things to be searched. 
It has to go through a court. And it's an individual thing, not a group thing, not a collective warrant. It has to uh, be specific. You're, I and, mean, when and I this, saw that... And the North, North Carolina legislature would not even adopt a resolution condemning what the feds had done. And our uh, Restoring Constitutional Governance Act, which is a one-page bill that acknowledges, declares these actions unconstitutional and forbids its implementation in North Carolina, is sitting in the legislature now. We can't even get a hearing for it. Well, what you're, so bring, what you're bringing this out... Of people, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. My, my point there is we've, we've got the, the, the GOP's um, dream... Uh, control in North Carolina, and they won't stand up against the federal government, exercise their constitutional authority and duty to protect we the people's rights against the rogue federal government with a currently well-written Constitution and Bill of Rights. And I'm supposed to trust them uh, to, to select delegates, to go to a convention, to amend the only protections I have of my God-given rights now? It's madness. Well, you're absolutely right, and I was, as you led into it, I was going to bring up Boston because those those videos and those pictures are chilling. That that to me is 1938 Nazi Germany. Uh, it is uh, absolute thuggery, and it is a willful uh, ignoring of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights by the federal government and by government authority. Uh, that's what you're seeing here now, and you're absolutely right. We are living in, uh, we are living in a police state uh, to to a very very large degree. Because when the government can suspend can suspend without proper uh, judicial, uh, go, without going through the proper legal channels, when they can suspend our habeas corpus rights, our search and seizure rights, uh, privacy rights, when they can suspend all that on a whim, and that's all it was, on a whim, then you don't have those protections. Those protections are only skin deep. They're only a window dressing. Uh, and, and that's what we saw in Boston. And that really frightens me. It frightens a lot of people. Uh, because you know what was the, the most frightening part about watching the Boston coverage was after they caught the guy and the people were lying in the streets, waving their flags and thanking all the policemen for violating their rights. For trampling the Constitution and Bill of Rights, it was like a parade. Uh, well, you know, you at, you brought up one of the points, and we can we can talk about what do we do, and I want to get into that because that's probably the most important thing we can talk about uh, about what we can do. But you brought up about the fact about the Republican Party here uh, in the state of North Carolina. We control everything: governors, state house. You know, we we should be able to or conservatives should be able to get the protections that we want. We should be able to get everything, Second Amendment, school choice, you name it, you know, get rid of Common Core. All of that stuff should be a slam dunk here because we control the entire legislative process. But we're not getting it. We're not getting it. And people, people like Glenn Bradley uh, are redistricted out of a, out of a, a legislative slot because he has the nerve to stand up and speak. The reason right, for all... And, it, and it's a, a, a party lackey 
up against him and outspin him ten to one in the Senate race. And and that is why, uh, that is why we're in such trouble in this country because we really have three classes of people in this country right now. We have the provider class, we have the recipient class, and above everyone is the arrogant elite ruler class who has made themselves immune to all the laws that they pass on us and are bound and determined to retain power at all costs. So instead of a Republican Party and a Democrat Party, we have the Socialist Democrat Party and we have the Republican wing of the Socialist Democrat Party. Right. And that is why we are out of luck here down in the trenches, because we really do not have one of those political parties who is truly defending the Constitution and the rights that it guarantees to each one of us citizens. That's what our problem is. So when right. we... Right, and, and if, if, if North Carolina, which has... You know, the, the, the dream team of control over North Carolina government, that we've already got that, it, it, and they won't do it, what what do they need? 90%? 100%? They want, they want total control, absolute power, before they'll do anything to protect our rights or to roll back all these social progressive uh, programs that have been put into place over the previous hundred years when they didn't have, because they've never had this kind of control. Well, in North Carolina, it's been 134 years since we've had this this kind of control. But I right. truly expected when we had a Republican governor, when, when we had a Democrat governor, I could cut them a little slack, okay? But once we got the, the, the state house and the, legisla- the state house, the legislature, and the governor's mansion, I mean, we should have been rolling down the conservative road to right the wrongs of the past 134 years and protecting us from now into the future by saying no to the federal government programs and federal government edicts that eviscerate our constitutional rights. Right. Now, now there's, there are, the, the Supreme Court has ruled over and over again that the federal government cannot force a state to participate in a federal program or federal schema. And yet, they bribe us with our own money, or with fiat money they printed out of thin air, uh, to enter into contracts with the federal government to do things, to get that federal carrot, that federal dollar, and then they're contractually, legally bound to participate in things that they shouldn't be in in the first place. Mm-hmm. And once they, once they get, uh, uh, it's like a, it's like an addict, uh, <laughs> We need to go into rehab as a state and start sunsetting these programs that are primarily funded by federal dollars and make it and, and have open discussions about whether we need these programs in place at all. And if we do, then we need to find a way for us to pay for them, for the state of North Carolina to pay for them. Because if the people in the state want it, then the people in the state ought to be willing to pay for it. We have to take a quick commercial break here on Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. More with Jeff Lewis right after this. Well, you know, this does go back, as you well know, to the 16th Amendment. Uh, That was the first, uh, that, the Federal Reserve Bank and the 17th Amendment were the three major nails in the coffin of freedom. But we, 
what we are, you use the word that's very kind. What I use is we're being blackmailed. The federal government oh, yeah. is blackmailing the states. It's saying, you will do this because I say so, or I'm not going to give you the money that you need to survive. Uh, that's blackmail to me. Uh, and so the question then is, Jeff Lewis of the Patriot Coalition, what steps do you think we ought to start taking here, and what should we be doing to the blackmailers who are uh, circumventing the Constitution and stealing our rights? How do we handle this? Education, education, education. Uh, it's, it's, it's a shame. Uh, we're, it, we're so late in the game of uh, losing our, our freedoms, losing everything that we we've been brought up to believe was good about America and its future. Uh, we're on the, the event horizon of losing it all. Um, and yet if we don't properly educate, we're liable to make a decision that's going to be the wrong one. And what our general counsel, uh, Mr. Richard Fry, says, um, well, what he's seeing now is that people are in a, in a, in a state of panic. They're not, you know, fear is a good thing. Fear, it says fear will keep you alive. Panic will get you killed. And people that are jumping on this Article 5 uh, uh, magic bullet 6 are panicking. Um, they need to look at, first, uh, have we identified the right problem? And if we have identified the right problem, is the solution that we're proposing, does it address the problem? And I, I'd say... If people aren't obeying the, the Ten Commandments, should we amend the Ten Commandments so they're easier to understand or so maybe people will follow them once we change them? Or if, if your spouse is cheating on you, would would, would the, the solution that just popped in your head be to amend your marriage vows? Uh, it's, in, it's insanity. The Constitution is not the problem. Amending it's not the solution. And the Convention of States has such a sophisticated uh, psychological propaganda machine going that people are overlooking. You know, I mentioned the Patriot Act and the NDAA. Uh, uh, Michael Ferris, the heads up Convention of States, has a parental rights amendment that is currently sitting in Congress as HJR, House Joint Resolution 50. When you read Section 1, you read Section 2, sounds pretty good. It's got good warm, fuzzy stuff about the rights and uh, and uh, liberties of parents. But then you get to Section 3. And Section 3 reads, Neither the United States nor any state shall infringe these rights without demonstrating that its governmental interest as applied to the person is of the highest order and not otherwise served. This is rendering unto Caesar something that was God's and the parents' responsibility to raise their kids and not the government's. Uh, who's going to determine uh, how, you know, what demonstrating the governmental interest is and that it's of the highest order and that it's not otherwise served? It puts in the hands of, of the federal and state governments for the first time, it, it was codified into the Constitution, that the government could have more say-so over the raising of your children than you as long as they can demonstrate a governmental interest of the highest order. Now, Mr. Ferris uh, 
is marketing this to protect us from a, a, the UN treaty on the rights of the child. Um, as if if we were to, uh, he, he's afraid that they're going to adopt this UN treaty, and that because they adopt this treaty, that it's going to strip parents of their rights, and that he wants us to to, to uh, uh, sign on to this parental rights amendment to the U.S. Constitution to protect the rights of parents. Well, the parents already have that protection because whatever, whatever, read the Ninth and the Tenth Amendments. The Ninth says, you know, we listed some of our rights, but just because we didn't write them all down doesn't mean we don't have them. There's more we have. So didn't try to enumerate all those. And in addition to that, you've got uh, the Supremacy Clause, which says only the laws and the treaties that are written in pursuance of the Constitution are valid. So if there's a U.N. treaty uh, that would violate the U.S. Constitution, it really doesn't matter if the Senate was to adopt that, you know, sign on to that treaty or not. If it's unconstitutional, it has no effect. And the same thing is true of the Small Arms Treaty as well. Absolutely. But they'll use, they'll use fear to get you to... You know, remember what Rahm Emanuel said about never let a crisis go to waste. They create crises to then trick us into uh, a, a level of fear or panic uh, to uh, steer us or get us to gravitate towards a solution that they already came up with that further empowers them yeah, and strips us of more rights and liberties. I mean, that's what happened after, you know, in Sandy Hook, the same thing. I mean, Joe Biden comes out and says we'll have gun control in this country within a month. Well, right. And Biden's son is is a, a district, or a, a, the state's attorney, maybe the state's attorney general of Delaware, and they're doing away with the sheriffs, the office of sheriff. Right. The sheriff, in, in North Carolina, that's a constitutional office. Well, the sheriff is the highest elected law enforcement official in this country, and it, it's the most important one. Absolutely. For sure. Absolutely. Um, but you know, Mr. Ferris, when he's out and, and his people are out pushing for this Article 5 convention, they're not talking about his parental rights amendment that would strip parents of their rights over their children. He'll talk about that one. What he does talk about is changing our Supreme Court. Now, in an in a alleged email exchange that he had with a state legislator uh, on uh, that was published at the Convention of State site on New Year's Eve, 2013, uh, Sarah said, if I am a delegate to the Convention of States, I will propose reconfiguring the Supreme Court after the model of the European Court of Human Rights. There are 46 nations in that court's jurisdiction, and every nation appoints one judge. We should expand the Supreme Court to 50 justices and have the state's uh, appoint the justices for a specific term, six or eight years, with no right of reappointment. And he also, their convention, the Convention of States Communications Director, had said back in January in a conversation with Publius Holda on Facebook, actually, and she got the screen capture of it before he realized what he had said publicly and scrubbed it. Uh, but Mr. Silers, uh, your communications director for an organization, it's like the president's press secretary. It's your job to communicate what your bosses want, what their 
you know, their missions are, their policies are. And Mr. Seiler said, quote, I think the majority of Americans are too lazy to elect honest politicians, but I think some men and women could be found who are morally and intellectually capable of rewriting the Constitution. And that concludes another episode of Dr. Dan's Freedom Forum. Join the battle on our website, www.drdansfreedomforum.com. The right to own private property that cannot be arbitrarily confiscated by the government is the moral right and constitutional basis for individual freedom. To hear that old man sing. Yeah, when I played the hoochie-coochie man I get joy in everything Everything, everything Everything gonna be all right this morning Hoochie-coochie